Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your I Can't Believe It's Friday Already edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you would like to be on the program, 800 848 W-A-B-C is the number to call, 848-9222. And, of course, we welcome your calls. A lot to discuss, of course, still in the news. The tragic death of Jordan Neely the vagrant who was allegedly acting in a threatening manner. He was, he was throwing garbage at people, according to some reports, and yelling. I would say that that's more than a threatening manner. That's behaving in a threatening manner. He has been accused of being a diagnosed, not accused, that's the wrong word, is being reported as being schizophrenic and also autistic. And that's a hell of a combination, okay? And his mother apparently had been killed a few years ago, and he had gone in a downhill psychological spiral after that. Now, I don't know anybody that cannot, cannot look upon that without having some degree of empathy for his condition. That said, he was taken down and restrained, took three men, one by an unidentified Marine, who has now been identified, by the way. His name, picture posted all over New York newspapers and newspapers, I guess at this point around the world, arrested over 44 times on charges of assault and disorderly conduct. As Curtis Sliwa pointed out yesterday when he was on the show with us, everything took a turn when it was discovered that the Marine that took him down was white. Of course, he's black. And so now we have the familiar narrative, white guy kills black guy, it's unjust, it's murder. Now, I'm, I'm not, I have not weighed in on any of that yet. I'm still waiting to, to see what the investigation yields. The extremely progressive Manhattan District Attorney's Office did not see fit when the Times was reported to hold the Marine in custody. But there are so many things, there are so many aspects to this that are wrong. And we continue to, look, this is reported every day when we see another criminal that comes free. Oh, this one has been arrested 44 times. This one's arrested 35 times. This one's arrested. You have persistent problems with some people that are arrested Not five times, not ten times, but go through it. When someone is arrested 44 different times, they are a known problem to the system. And yet the system failed them. We had a remarkable call yesterday from a gentleman who reminded us that at the same time that this autistic 
man suffering with schizophrenia was yelling that he had no food, that he had nowhere to sleep, that he was ready to die at the same time that this was happening. We have hotels that are being filled up with illegal immigrants, with people who should not be in the United States legally at all. And this is where the resources are going. Meanwhile, American citizens, citizens of these United States, to whom we are supposed to, supposed to extend a helping hand, are receiving no services. This is so out of whack. But it's almost like everything else. There are so many things that are just deeply wrong, and you say, why can't we fix this? Why is there no politician, no political party willing to undertake what it takes to actually get American people who have mental disorders, who are known because of multiple arrests, multiple arrests, 44 arrests, a known problem, and yet this man still has to complain about having nothing to eat, nowhere to sleep, nowhere to be. And the system has failed him completely, and he ends up dead because one time too many he acted out on a New York City subway. There was also what emerged today, someone on Reddit, a tourist, had urged other tourists over a year ago, avoid the Michael Jackson guy if you see him in subways. A known problem here. But yet the only time it services is when he's dead. This system is beyond broken. And yet you have Mayor Adams... Who in this case, look, I'm very critical of Mayor Adams, but Mayor Adams said something right in this case. When he told AOC to stop with this talk of murder, that it was irresponsible, and it is irresponsible. It is irresponsible to inflame people like that. And here's that story. Reddit user warned New York City subway riders in 2013, in 2013, to avoid the Michael Jackson dude. Avoid the Michael Jackson dude at all costs. And yet you still have people that are this... Ayanna Presley, another member of the squad. Black men deserve to grow old, not to be lynched on a subway because he was, they're having a mental health issue. Well, Miss Ayanna, you weren't the one that was being threatened on the subway. If you were, you know, we'd like to, you know, this is just, he was not lynched. Again, this is inflammatory. 
A post on Reddit from nine years ago warns the public about Jordan Neely. Used to be all cool, dancing to MJ in the subway train, but as of late, he's become a maniac. That's how that post began in 2013. Sometime in late spring, early summer, I saw him on the train, his radio effed up, and he was angry as F, cursing and bad-mouthing commuters and screaming, what the F are you looking at? Don't effing look at me. Ever since that day, he's just been a scary dude to me. He doesn't dress up anymore, no more dancing. He just asks for money. Occasionally shouting obscenities. Today, however, it was odd. Sometime in the morning on my way to school, I'm sitting on a bench and out of nowhere, here's someone going off, cussing up a storm. It was the MJ dude. Everyone besides this guy was quiet. The MTA crew was there but did nothing and just let him continue to blow his gasket. Train arrives, I get in the car, he's not because I'm sure as F not getting in the same car as him. Dude didn't even wait till he got inside the train. I was scared for the people next to him out of fear that someone was going to fall on the tracks. Just avoid the guy at all costs. Try not to look at him. Stay safe. That was 2013. Ten years ago, you had an innocent person who could not have known how Mr. Neely's story would end. Ten years ago, warning that he was a danger to others. And yet, now you have members of the squad lamenting what has happened here. What happened to those billions of dollars, millions, if not billion of dollars, billion, a billion dollars, I heard it was, that BLM raised? Why is none of that money apparently being directed into helping to find a solution for many of these young men, women, that are out on the street, homeless and perturbed? What programs have been set up with that money? That was all donated so that we wouldn't find ourselves in this situation again. Where is that money going? What happened to the billion dollars that was supposedly spent by Mayor de Blasio, his wife Cheryl? There's no accounting of that money. Eric Adams isn't asking what happened to that billion dollars. What happens to this money that's supposed to be used to help these situations? I don't know what it's going to take before we, as a country, take mental illness seriously. I don't know what it's going to take before we get it to a point where we don't have these knee-jerk reactions when somebody black is either involved in some criminal behavior or the victim of criminal behavior. I don't know what it's going to take for people to just look at a situation that's a tragedy and put aside the racial component and look at the underlying tragedy. These are human beings. Mr. Neely was a human being in dire need of help, and no help was offered to him. When you look at these 44 arrests, you can say, 
for sure that these and the kind of cases that he had are the ones that overtax our legal system, and yet nothing is done to find a solution to these repeat offender problems, especially when these offenders have mental health issues. I, like many of you, have watched some of these programs, these lockup programs and other programs. And even when you look at them and they interview some of these inmates, they're talking with people who are sincerely in need of mental help. You say to yourself, why? And just giving them a, th- a few pills to calm their behavior is not the answer to mental health issues. What is it going to take? What is it going to take before we address the mental health issues of our society? And the fact that we don't also raises another question about our own spiritual health as a nation, because if we had the moral compass in this country pointed in the right direction, these questions would not even have to be raised. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerly. This is Bo Snerly's Rush Hour here on WABC. I will remind you that tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You'll want to be here for that. Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel where I'll be. I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just a lonely May 5th, Elvis Presley scores his first number one single, and this is it. Heartbreak Hotel climbed to the top of the charts. Elvis's first million seller. And it was the best selling single record of the entire year. 
There's a story behind the song. The lyrics were written after somebody wrote it, read an article about the suicide of a lonely man who jumped to his death from a hotel window. And later on, by the way, there was a lawsuit about this song because there was a hotel that renamed itself the Heartbreak Hotel, had all kind of Elvis merchandise in it. Ah. Heartbreak Hotel, May 5th, 1956. We are going to go to the telephones right now. A lot of people want to weigh on this. There are some other stories that I want to get to. And we're also expecting, um, if she calls today, Cinco de Mayo Day here on WABC, and happy Cinco de Mayo, from Myra Flores, congresswoman from Texas, briefly, the first Mexican-born member of the House of Representatives. We're expecting her to call in at some point this afternoon. But let's go to the calls. We're going to start with Gracie, my Grace in, in Westchester. Gracie, Grace, how are you? Hello, James. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Thank you. So, listen, I just wanted to weigh in. I'm usually on the same page with you. Okay. But I'm a little agitated about this Marine Neely story. It just sounded like you were sort of defending the Marine. We're still in the investigative stages. My feeling is this guy is trained to kill. He knows he's trained to kill. Unless his life was in imminent danger from this man, he needed to back off. Um, He did not know that Neely was, you know, 44 times arrested and in all kinds of trouble. He was just a guy on a subway, and he overreacted. My opinion only. Okay, no, no, sweetheart, and I love your opinion. And, yes, it may sound like I'm defending him, but, in fact, what I'm doing is not condemning him. I don't know. I don't know all of the facts surrounding here. If it's true that this guy was being violent, violent, on a subway train, and someone that is trained to deal with violent people steps up to the plate and stops it, then I don't know how you can condemn him for trying to stop it. If he had hurt someone on the train and everyone's standing around looking, cell phones out like you, what usually happens these days, people were saying, why didn't somebody step in? Aren't there any real men anymore? Somebody step in and stop. Where's the good Samaritan here? I don't, obviously, wherever Mr. Neely was doing that day, this Marine didn't start his day by going on the subways thinking, oh, I'm going to kill somebody today. He acted in a moment to try to save the situation, whether or not he truly knew he was using lethal force, I think is something that I can't determine. And I don't know how anyone else can determine it right now. We don't have that information. Grace, I'm going to give you the last word. With most of what you said, I just thought that you should know that it sounded like you were more defending him than withholding judgment. Love you. Love your show. Love your screener. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Grace. I do appreciate it. Thank you. 
Yeah, what I'm trying to do, folks, is walk a fine line. I don't, I, I, you know what? I have been increasingly upset with some of the knee jerk reactions we have to this stuff. We see stuff in the paper, we hear about these cases, and instantly, oh, we're all full of our opinions. Oh, this one did that. Oh, this is murder. Like AOC. No, we don't know. And I can also tell you that having been in situations where you see someone acting in a crazy manner and out of control, you don't know the fright unless you've been there that comes into people because you don't know what this person, just like Gray said, you don't know that he's been arrested 44 times. You don't, unless you, you're the guy in Reddit that had warned people, hey, this guy is dangerous. Stay away. Something's happened to this guy. And by the way, that turned out to be an accurate analysis, wasn't it? Because we were told that he has been spiraling down ever since a violent incident took his mother and his life. So what I try to do is to avoid the knee jerk and and avoid the judgmentalism that comes with, oh, well, this is murder or this is something. We don't know what this was yet because we are not the ones that are doing the investigation on it. But I do know one thing, that this racial narrative that has built up that's in the press, we do know that's on full parade, don't we? Because we see it. We see members of Congress calling this a lynching. That's highly irresponsible. And the fact that they're saying this is a lynching is just terrible. They have no idea either. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. WABC Talk Radio 77. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Dreams of the Blue Turtles album. just disturbing and that is that this is comes from government government executive that's an inside trade magazine or trade i should say news site for government workers this is a publication designed for the deep state 
And one of the articles today is that the HHS, Health and Human Services, according to a new report, has failed to screen all of the employees that are working at these shelters that have been set up for children. So imagine this. The Biden administration failed to ensure that individuals responsible for the caring of migrant children, of illegal immigrant children, into United States custody did not have criminal records. That failure could have placed these children at risk. Now imagine what would happen if it were discovered that at these shelters for children, the Trump administration had failed to vet the people working there, and we might have all sorts of criminals working there. Imagine that. And imagine, would this be tucked away in some newspaper, in some digital newspaper just for government workers, or would you be hearing about this in the front pages of your local paper? Would the New York Times be all over it? Would they be blaring this from every corner end to end on PMSNBC or CNN? Yet, I bet you this is the first many of you have heard of this today. That the Biden administration ignored its own background check policies and has not insured, has not even checked to see whether or not the people that are tasked with working with the children, in many cases these undocumented illegal immigrant children sometimes who have come in without parents. And this Biden administration has failed to screen the people who are going to be working with these children. There were 229 employees working at an emergency intake site, for instance. There's no evidence that 36 of those people had received any kind of background check at all. They didn't even bother. Again, imagine for one moment, imagine that this was any other administration and what we would all be saying about it. Oh, Scott, did you hear that we have a new czar for artificial intelligence? Well, that's good because we we support Russia as a nation and we should definitely be naming our positions after their leadership. It's good that we have a czar. Okay. No, I did not hear that, no. I want you to take one guest, someone very prominent in the administration, who has been named the czar, the one person of artificial intelligence. Oh, no. Take your guess. Tell me. Kamala Harris? Yes. Oh, no. Yes. This is Kamala Harris, who who cannot speak in public without delivering a nonsensical word salad. She's already the czar queen of the border. And, and we see what the border is in, and now, now they've named her. Add all this responsibility. 
Yeah, the czar of oh, artificial boy. intelligence. Well, in this moment, insert whatever. Man, that's, well, I'm stunned. having a hard time yes. processing that. Stunned. <laughs> There's more in the Budweiser case, the case that won't go away. Budweiser, uh, they had a, a big story about what happened up in Boston in Fenway Park. There were some videos that went viral of all the Bud Light vendors sitting there with complete stock, nobody visiting them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And today there's another story that you have about Bud. Yes, the uh, Bud Light quote will be extinct in a few years for disavowing Dylan Mulvaney, activist says. The attempt by Bud Light's parent company, Anheuser-Busch, to distance itself from transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney puts the iconic American beer brand at risk of going extinct, according to an LGBTQ activist. This really? Is from, this is from the uh, Post? Yes, New York Post. Uh, Stacy Lentz, co-owner of New York City's historic gay and lesbian landmark Stonewall Inn. I don't, what does that mean? You can only be, you can only stay there if you're gay or lesbian? No, no, no. Stonewall Inn is where the quote-unquote gay revolution began in the West okay. Village. That was. There's a whole story behind that. Okay, it would take okay. too long. All okay. Right. Told, they uh, told Newsweek that Bud Light, quote, missed an opportunity to stand by their commitment to the trans community by pandering to and giving in to transphobic outcries. Uh, Anheuser-Busch CEO Michael Dukakis as opposed to Dukakis, uh, told investors on an earnings call Thursday that the company was disavowing ties to Mulvaney, Quote, we need to clarify the facts that this was one can, one influencer, one post, and not a campaign, Michael told investors during the call. Kirkus was attempting damage control after calls for a boycott of Bud Light grew in the wake of the partnership with Mulvaney, but Lenz and other LGBTQ activists think the company failed to stand behind the transgender influencer and stick up for the community. Okay, so, so let me understand this now. So because Bud, White, Bud Light is taking, uh, is uh, saying, okay, we're sorry, we didn't mean it, this was just, we, we, we got rid of the person that did this, blah, blah, blah. So now the LGBTQ community has its undies in a, in a bunch, and they're saying because of this, Bud Light's going to go, go under. They will go extinct because they didn't stand up for the one can of transgender beer. Yes, that's it. That's it for them. They're done. Now you told when I when I handed you this I said Scott take a look at well, this I mean, story. What yeah, did you th- tell me? The thing about Bud Light is it's it's I mean it's an everyman's beer. It's a cheap beer. It's almost interchangeable with you know say Miller Light, Coors Light. I mean if you're a cheap beer connoisseur, yeah, you can probably tell the difference. But that's not the kind of beer that that should be going off trying to you know do social anything because I mean. It, it, it's not like there's a bunch of trans activists. Uh, there are now, but pre- previously, it's not like there would have been a bunch of trans activists sitting, you know, on a lanai somewhere sipping a gourmet Bud Light. I mean, it's not a microbrew. It is not a gourmet beer. It's not. It, it's just to me. I mean, it's just not something that they should ever have gotten involved in. But which is what you know everyone else is saying. But because if if you're gonna take a stand and you're gonna be this woke beer i mean i think you, you need to be more like a you know a micro brew and be able to it might, stop me at any point here <laughs> no i mean I, you know i'm just saying you know i look look i don't drink bud light never have drink bud light personally i just think that this is 
Now, those of you that listen know I'm not a big, I don't like organized boycotts, but this was not an organized boycott. This was people just rising up to say, hey, we don't like this. There was, this was not a lot of bots on Twitter or some like political group saying, okay, I don't like them. Let's do some organized stealthy boycott. Those are the kind of boycotts I'm against. What has happened to Bud with this, they blew it. They blew it. And it's going to be interesting to see whether they get it back. And at the same time, we're looking, by the way, you've been following all these smears on Tucker Carlson? The attempt, yeah, the the random leaks that just come out every 12 hours, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing that Megyn Kelly told us this was going to happen about a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. And and here it is happening. Well, today, um, Fox issued a system deceased order. They had one for Media Matters to stop leaking stuff. So I don't know what gives here. Let me tell you, let me switch gears. This is sort of related to the butt thing. Here's another headline, folks. Indiana governor signs bills targeting LGBTQ students. Indiana's governor on Thursday signed a bill that will require schools to notify a parent if a student requests a name or pronoun change to school. One of the bills approved in the legislative session that has targeted LGBTQ plus people in the state, especially students. Now, this is the kind of irresponsible journalism. Targeting. Targeting. No. Addressing. And let's parse this for a minute. How is requiring that parents be notified if their child wants to change their name or pronoun in school targeting lesbians it's not how is it targeting gays it's not how is it targeting bisexuals it's not transvestites perhaps queer depending on your definition of queer it is addressing them it's not targeting them people why not say you could easily write this other headline Indiana governor signs bills protecting LBGTQ students' parents or protecting the students, making sure that they have been formed. This is what we mean by a biased news organization. They have staked out a side in the culture war, and they're going to report to reinforce their ideological position and pretend that it's objective news when it isn't. All, by the way, they use language. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Snerd. we got so many calls here, we're going to deal with your calls coming back. Do not go away. 800-848-WABC is the number. Remember, check out two things, the dailybs.com. We send you twice a day news blasts. And also tomorrow, 7 a.m., the Saturday morning radio extravaganza starts at 7 a.m. here on WABC. Don't go away. Stevie Wonder takes us in. Coming back for your calls. Just enough, just enough for the Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. 
James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, W-A-B-C. Mars Day and the time bring us back. This one is cool. Mars Day and the time. Saturday morning radio extravaganza starts tomorrow, 7 a.m. Be here for it. Let's head to the telephone show. We have with us Myra Flores, who excited the entire nation with by becoming the first Mexican-born member of the House of Representatives. Myra, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and happy Cinco de Mayo here on WABC, and thank you for joining us. Let me ask you a question. Myra, I, <laughs> there was there were so many things going on. I just read a report from an inside government news organization that Health and Human Services has failed to screen the employees that are working at the shelters where these migrant children are being held. We have this great, great amassing at the southern border right now. Several cities in Texas are already overrun, anticipating that Title 42 is going to come down. What is going on with our immigration system? It's broken, and it's so hard to celebrate uh, Cinco de Mayo when all these things are are happening in our country. You know, I've never seen anything like this. My husband's been a Border Patrol agent for you know, 14 years now, and he's never seen anything like this. I've never seen our Border Patrol agents so exhausted, so tired, so stressed out because they're not able to enforce the law. They took a note, and they're not able to do their job. And they're not able to. I mean, they don't have the resources. The Mexican cartel is better funded than our Border Patrol agents. That that tells you everything. That's scary. It you is know, scary. Um, and it's, but it's a re, it's an it's a it's a reality because of the policies that the Biden administration has put in place. It ha, they have made the Mexican cartel more powerful. Everyone crossing illegally into the United States pays the Mexican cartel thousands of dollars. So our policies are empowering the Mexican cartel. Okay, I'm going to ask just ask you one question because time is short. And I got to grab a few calls. They've been waiting all show, but I want to ask you one other question: Are you going to run again? I'm staying in prayer. I haven't made a decision yet, um, but unfortunately, Texas District 34 was redistricted. When I ran in the special election, it was a Biden four, and the Texas legislator redistricted that map, and they made it a Biden 16. So they made it four times harder for me to win my reelection. And unfortunately, I, I have a lot to think about. But I'm going to stay in the game. I'm going to continue fighting for the people of Texas. 
Okay, as long as you continue to fight, whether it's in Congress or whether it's not, you That's are an right. important. We can still fight for for our people, right? Right. You are an important voice, and we Thank desperately, you. as a country, need your voice. You are the part of the new leadership that that, that many Americans have been that. calling for. Yes, quite welcome. And we hope to hear you again. I hope to have you on when we have more time. I'd love to spend more time with you, okay? Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And enjoy your Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and you too, my dear. Thank you so much. Let's grab some quick calls, folks. Make it quick because we time is running out and you've been waiting, and I so appreciate it. Robert, Suffolk County, up first. Make it quick. Your main point, Robert, is what? That the killing was an accident by the Marine trying to keep this person <laughs> subdued until help could arrive. And if that is the case, I hope, and I certainly hope, that he is not going to be charged if it is found that everything that you've said is exactly accurate. Thank you, Robert, for the call. Frank, Staten Island, how are you? How are you doing, James? Okay, my point is this. The way that, that Jordan Neely was killed, like in the headlock, is it's an accident. But isn't it kind of like, okay, you know like when a boxer... Is fight knocks out another boxer and 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 kills him. Like remember, like when Drago killed uh, uh, Apollo Creed, or when the Boom Boom Mancini uh, killed Duke Kim, and he killed the other boxer. He didn't go to jail. He wasn't uh, uh, considered a murderer, but it was an accidental death. Okay, Frank. Thank you. I appreciate the call very much, Tony in Manhattan. You're up next. Let I say now, it was 15 minutes waiting for the cops. Now they blame the cops, but they defunding the cops, right? Now they needed him. When it's a fire, a fire in my building, any building, you see the firemen jump inside. They don't care what color you are. They break windows to save our lives. These people always go color, 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 but these people are trying to save people without looking at them. I would do the same thing. When I see somebody, because I was born for that, and I wish the law think the right way. Forget about colors. It was a moment of truth. Thank you. He was trying to save life. A moment of truth. Wow. Larry, Brooklyn, you've got about 15, 20 seconds. Larry, make your point, please. This imagery may not be pleasant, but what's going on in the southern border relates to a video I recently saw of some weasels eating a rabbit alive, okay, till it died. That's what's going on in this country. We're being eaten alive slowly, and we're dying. Larry, thank you. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here, WABC. I am in such gratitude of you, and thank you for showing up every day and telling your friends about us. We're here tomorrow, Saturday morning, for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You want the best of news of the day? Try the dailybs.com, the dailybs.com. In the meantime, my friends, may God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families and your loved ones. I will tell you what, this has been a heck of a week for many of us over here. I'm going to go into some details with something that happened this week, maybe tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, every day we are so happy that you're here. And thank you again with love and gratitude for being here. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing, 7 a.m. Until then, bye. <laughs>